so competitive out there and, and like you know what are a degree anymore doesn't mean anything like what do you who do you know like who do you what connections do you have number one number two do you have any work experience and do you, uh, do you have even just an internship it could be unpaid that you can at least put on your resume to to show that you you know you know you're trying to do something so when you go into that first interview you can um, you can have something on your on your resume this week, I'm here to deep dive into what networking really means, hearing from two Gonzaga alumni who are answering questions that current students want to know. My name is Taylor Gemmett. I'm a senior at Gonzaga University, and you're listening to Careers in Marketing, a Gonzaga podcast. Networking. A buzzword we hear in every single class, presentation, or advisor meeting. But what does it even mean? I wanted to find out what networking looks like in the real world and how to network in relevant, effective ways. I had the opportunity to chat with two Gonzaga alumni to hear more about their career paths. The first alumni is Piper Sutherland, who works on the social impact team at LinkedIn. I think so. I I graduated in 2015, so I've been in the workforce for about four years now, um, and I uh, had the best experience at Gonzaga. I studied, um, I actually triple majored, which was like kind of a, a rare and random thing, but I studied um, economics, English literature, and political science. Um, and I was actually super, super involved in, at the time it was called Castle. Um, I think they've rebranded to something else, but it was the Center for Community Service, essentially. So I worked there like all four years at Gonzaga. I like was a lead for the Campus Kids Program and Homeless Outreach and did Mission Possible for Three Springs. Uh, spring break trips. So I would say um, the center, that center really shaped my experience um, at Gonzaga. And I knew I wanted to focus on um, a career that had basically a social impact that was supporting people facing barriers. Like I was very, very mission driven. And then thinking about transitioning to my career. So I applied my senior year to a fellowship program. Um, because when I was thinking about careers with impact, I um, automatically thought of things Teach for America and the Peace Corps and policy fellowships um, or nonprofit sort of fellowship program. Um, and I ended up doing a fellowship program here in San Francisco. That's what brought me out to the Bay. Um, that was essentially like a consulting fellowship for the nonprofit sector. So it was really like the intersection of business skills with um, nonprofits and like nonprofits making an impact. Through her fellowship program, Piper had a cohort with people from all over the country. She had a placement at a nonprofit and a ton of professional development experience. And I ended up staying at that organization. The fellowship ended, but I stayed at the nonprofit for an additional like, year and a half and was running a program there, but started thinking a lot more about um, 
transitioning into the for-profit sector. I started seeing examples of really interesting work being done through business that was still socially impactful, um, which I'd never really learned about in school, I think. I didn't really know that that was possible. Um, And so that's actually how I started like really exploring different types of opportunities here and then transitioned over to LinkedIn about two years ago. And I work at LinkedIn on, um, we call it the social impact team. So we're a really small team that's focused on kind of not, not the business, but more on um, supporting job seekers facing barriers around the world um, and we actually partner closely with nonprofit organizations um, as well to reach those job seekers. So, um, so yeah, so that's a bit, that's kind of how I got to where I am today and a bit about my kind of career journey. The next Gonzaga alumni that I had a chance to speak with was Andrew Smith Garzon, who recently moved from LinkedIn to Uber, now working in enterprise partnerships who shared about his career path. Yeah, so, you know, I'm from, actually, I'm from north central eastern Washington. I'm one of those people that's super small town USA, but thank goodness my dad's from Seattle, my mom's from Columbia, so I got to experience a lot of different cultures and everything. Um, And honestly, I'm really close with my family, and my sister ended up going to Gonzaga. She's four years ahead of me. Um, She's... She's awesome. I mean, she set the bar super high, which is annoying. She's like a 3.8 or 3.9 GPA. She went to Gonzaga in Florence. You know, I was rocking my Kennel Club shirt in high school. People were always like, wow, where'd you, where'd you get that? And I was in high school, and I felt so badass. <laughs> um, it, I, but that was like, uh, that was OG Zags. That was like 1999, 98, when we got famous on the map, right, for going to the lead eight. Mm-hmm. So, you know, fast forward to my senior year. I applied to University of Washington, Gonzaga, University of San Diego, and a couple other ones, and I got into all of them, but the best scholarships I got were from UW and Gonzaga, and fun fact about me is I actually accepted my offer from UW. I I, uh, I rushed for two frats. I was like, okay, I'm going to be in a fraternity, blah, 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 but then I went to, um, I'm not sure if you've been, um, to Sasquatch Festival at the Gorge, Mm -hmm. and this is going to date me as my age because I'm old. But that's when uh, Coldplay was headlining. Oh my god! And they have they have that song uh, "Clocks." And it was really cool. Like, yeah, it was mm-hmm. a great song. Loved it. And I went with my sister as a senior in high school, and it was her and all these Gonzaga people. And honestly, the guys and girls were so freaking cool. And I was like, what? And I, I just thought about it more. I dropped out of, or I took, I withdrew my name at UW and uh, decided to go to Gonzaga. Oh and wow! That's how, that's how I ended up going. That picking GU it was kind of crazy. I made a great group of friends um, at Gonzaga. Um, my major, I started, uh, I was going to go to law school and everything. Like My brother-in-law has um, he's got a small law practice. He's very successful. You know, I went through all the classes, minor in Spanish. Um, and, um, and so political science was my major and everything. And uh, so, but when I graduated, honestly, I took a look in the mirror. I'm like, not what, that just not, wasn't my path. And, uh, you know, with a little bit of frustration from my mom, especially because she's a tense and everything, I was like, hey, I'm going to get a job. I want to get some um, I want to get some uh, employment under my belt, get some experience. And embarrassingly enough, my first job at a Gonzaga was a manager at the Abercrombie and Fish store at the mall downtown. 
what made you move on to your next role then? So, honestly, I jumped around for um, a little kind of like sales jobs. I ended up working for a industrial sales company called Fastenal, which I think probably people have a lot of heard. I heard before. Drove a truck. Um, I could literally sell nuts and bolts and all types of industrial hardware. And honestly, a lot of people, you can make very good money for that. A lot of people do. Once again, just not my calling. And, you know, this goes back to building good rapport and building relationships and long-lasting friendships. One of my best friends from Gonzaga, uh, his name's Cole Mercer, great guy. He moved to California, um, started working for a startup in downtown Palo Alto. Um, about seven months later, I'm still in Seattle, and uh, he offered, he said, hey, man, we're, we're creating our, our sales team. Do you want to want to interview? And this is like 2010. And I'm getting the job, and I was like, you know what, uh, YOLO, you only live once, and I, I'm a firm believer of that. you got to take chances and risks. Threw all my stuff in uh, a U-Haul, drove down there with my dad, literally threw all my stuff in storage, and ended up just crashing on my buddy Cole's um, couch for like the first two to three months. And I was working downtown Palo Alto. Um, it was awesome. And uh, kind of crazy story, too, really quickly, is that three months into it, things are going well. Like I'm leading our West coast team and like, uh, you know, I, I have some good sales and partnerships that I've created. Um, but one morning I get up and I go to the office and it's just like this weird vibe in the office. Like people are down the, this is my first taste of like startup life and, you know, Silicon Valley feels like, Hey, it's all right. I'm just going to be very upfront. We're going to have to let everybody go. Blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, we had a little bit of severance packages for people, but you know, it was totally out of the blue. There's some people crying and back my mind. I'm like, Damn it. Um, I'm like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, I have two options. I can go back to Seattle, ask my parents for a little help and, you know, do my thing and whatever, or I can grind it out here and make it happen. I chose the latter. And that's where I think kind of goes into what we're talking about. Um, you know, utilizing my connections and relationships. And this is where I tell people, it's like, you can't be afraid to put yourself out there. And that's something I've never really had a problem with. I know easier said than done. Um, I'm a pretty outgoing guy, but I think through experiences in my life, I had the, what people don't realize is like, yeah, people say yes to me, but I get a ton of no's. After countless interviews, Andrew did secure another role and has transitioned to various different roles throughout his career so far. His most recent transition was from a senior account executive at LinkedIn to working with enterprise partnerships at Uber. His roles he secured was a combination of previous experience seeking a new challenge, and networking through connections to be able to get his foot in the door. As a senior graduating soon, I knew I had questions about networking, but I wanted to know what other seniors were wondering too. I had a chance to go to different students around Gonzaga and hear what questions they had about networking, which Piper and Andrew answered for us here. So the first question was, um, how do professionals want to be approached when networking? Is LinkedIn the best platform? Um, so two-part question, I think. Um, on the second part, LinkedIn is the best platform. I think it's one of the best. It's, uh, I mean, you and I both did it. I went on just to double check, look at your background before I got on here on LinkedIn. I saw you got a notification. You did the same, right? Yes. Uh, <laughs> it just makes sense. And especially with if you graduate from Gonzaga and most people do there's I don't know if there's any other database that you can find quickly and see all the people that went to your school that you went to so it is if, the, if it's not the best it's one of the best 
Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think LinkedIn is the best platform if you're trying to research people, like, on your own time. I also think that, obviously, like, going to networking events, although they can be really intimidating and, you know, difficult, um, I think that in-person events are also really worthwhile for active sort of job seekers. Um and, or, you know, or a mix of both. So going to an in-person event and then following up with someone via LinkedIn that you've already met. Um, and the first part of your question, how do they want to be approached? There's no, there's no right or wrong answer here. I think, you know, number one, um, it's a lot about genuineness and being real. So who you are, you know, I, and then and what I always like to do is try to find something in common. Obviously, it's, you got the Gonzaga thing. That's the easy one. I would say add one more detail. Like even I'm looking on your LinkedIn profile, Taylor. Um, I also did it. I was also a mentor for Campus Kids. I love that. So if I was reaching out to you, I would start off with the Gonzaga connection and then add one more detail to make it a little bit more personalized. And then just say, hey, and I've always been a firm believer of just being real with people, like saying who you are, you know, what you're hoping to accomplish. Like I'd love to pick your brain for five minutes. Or hey, Andrew, I saw you worked at LinkedIn. Do you have any recommendations for me on how to apply there? I'm saying, because I've had Gonzaga people reach out to me and say, hey, can you refer me? I'm like, yeah, let me, why don't we chat first for five minutes before I do it? So before jumping into things like maybe establish some sort of connection or relationship, Gonzaga plus one other item, and then get into it. Because I think most Zag people are, are more than happy to assist out, assist and help out. I think it's just thoughtfully. So, you know, again, like if someone reaches out to me and sends a a note that I can tell they really looked at my experience and they're really like there's really a genuine reason for wanting to talk to me in particular as opposed to like just anybody I think that that's really powerful and I always respond to those types of requests um so I think just like adding context is will really go a long way and you'd be surprised how many people reach out without that thoughtful context, and they're the ones being ignored, for sure. <laughs> um, and I would also say people don't want to be approached with an immediate ask for a job referral, like I mentioned before. So, you know, maybe you've done some research and you're really interested in careers at Google or something. Instead of reaching out and saying, like, hey, I saw you, you know, hey, I really, I'm really interested in this job in marketing at Google. Like, can you tell me more about it? It always should be instead. Like, hey, I'm really interested in learning more about careers at Google. I'd love to hear about your journey. And then a follow-up can be, you know, asking about a specific job or for an introduction. But I would say it's not a good practice to lead with and ask for information about a specific job. Do professionals find it bothersome when undergraduates reach out out of the blue? I don't think so. I don't find it bothersome at all. And, in fact, I think it's impressive. So, as again, as long as there's, like, context for why you're reaching out and it's not just asking for a job, like, I think that people, I think people are especially excited to help other people who are really early in their career because everyone's gone through that experience. And if you're nice and sincere and just genuine, people will be good. But if, you know, somebody reaches out and says, hey, I'm Amber, and I um, can you refer me to the job? Like, I mean, 
it's not whatever. Uh, I mean, it's just you got to get personalized. But then number two, I will admit too, is like you have to if you got to really want it. And I've I've also had people reach out to me where I was going to help them out, and I mean, you know, I started doing some other stuff and I forgot. And the ownership is not on me to remember; it's on the person to reach out for me. So if they hit me up again, boom! I've actually had a had an individual from Gonzaga reach out. I said, uh, do something, didn't. She, she hit me up, reminded me again. I was like, oh, I, I was like, yeah. And then I got sidetracked, hit me up a third time. And then the third time I was like, oh my God, then I did it. So it worked. And so what I was saying is like, it's not bothersome, but make sure that you need to, if you really want it and you want this connection to keep at it and put yourself a calendar reminder to put it to, did that person write, me, write anything back to me in two weeks? If not, hit them up again. If they don't again, right, put yourself another reminder in two weeks. So you got to keep at it. Um, so keep it personalized and then keep it um, keep it consistent. Introductions are awkward. How do you introduce yourself when networking? Just being, being specific, being consistent, um, and then I would say, you know, being relatable, like you said, like we were talking about before, and then asking for five minutes of their time, mm-hmm. right, versus going right into the, hey, can you refer me? Um, because, yeah, a referral is that, that's tied to that person's name that refers you, and you don't want to refer, and nothing against... You know, Zach, Zach grads, but sometimes maybe that might not be the right referral for that specific that person. So I always like to go into it, into like a connection like that, saying, went to Gonzaga, saw you like the Seahawks or your campus kids, blah, blah, You know, I'm going to move to the Bay Area soon. I, I really, I love that you worked for LinkedIn and Uber. You know, I'm, I'm looking to potentially apply to companies similar to that. You think, you know, the next couple of weeks I could get five to 10 minutes of your time. Um, and very easy, very high level, not pushy. That's what I think that gets a lot of uh, responses from. And also keep it short and sweet. People tend to write like a lot. I think that helps. Uh-uh. I, I mean, people are quick. Today's day and age, people move fast. A lot of times people look at this on their smartphones. So you need to get your point across in probably four sentences or less. And um, but with saying like something specific and like social connection and then going into like one or two sentences, what you're actually trying to accomplish. Yeah, so I think probably it's a little different whether you're in person or, like, on a phone call that you might have, you know, or like, initiated yourself. I think if you're doing, like, an informational interview over the phone or via coffee or something, then it's really good to introduce yourself, like, with kind of briefly, I would say, number one. So not spending too much time describing yourself because you want to be aware that, you know, usually a networking conversation is, you know, maybe half an hour. So you don't want to spend like 10 minutes of that time just talking about yourself. So being brief, but leading with your, your interest. So first, like, you know, kind of where you're at or what you've been working on and then where you'd like to go. Um, I think hitting both of those points are important. Um, and it's important because that helps the person that you're networking with understand like how to tailor their advice or responses to you so I've definitely had a couple conversations where I've been kind of annoyed where people have reached out to me and um initiated a conversation I say yes and then I get on the phone and they are kind of like they don't leave the conversation at all and I'm kind of like okay, well, you reached out to me, so I'm not going to, like, direct this conversation, you know? Yeah. Um, like, that can feel like someone's a little unprepared. So I would just say definitely introduce yourself, but be pretty brief, um, and then make sure to hit on, you know, where you've been or what you're doing and where you'd like to go.
What's the best way to find career opportunities that are outside of my university, city, or state? I mean, so I think informational interviews are big for, you know, actually reaching out to people that are in the Bay currently. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen on LinkedIn the alumni tool, but, like, if you go on LinkedIn.com and you look at Gonzaga University, there's a little tab that says alumni, and you can actually filter people. So I don't know if you use that at all when you were looking for people for your for the podcast, but um, you basically can filter like literally by city, by industry, and like names and profiles will pop up. So that's a really good way to get started. You know, finding career opportunities is, I think, step like like we're talking about. The reason we're talking is the is the connections that you've made, leveraging your family, your friends your Gonzaga network. Easiest way to find, quickly find that out is to go on LinkedIn, type in Gonzaga University, and a, a hyperlink that go right on there, and it'll show you all of the people that says that they went there, um, which is like there's 2,300. Yeah, well, there's people that work there, and there's also people that, um, that say that they went there. But leveraging that network, number one, I'm not going to – Kind of reiterated that it's pretty obvious, but uh, I would say just tip it, picking your top five things that you want in life, um, and then going after it. But then also, you know, it's risking it a little bit too. What's a networking mistake that you've made that you can advise students not to make, or a common mistake that you've seen a lot that you would advise students not to make? Yeah, I think, and we've ta- we've touched on, we've touched on it a couple times where um, you kind of go into like seeing somebody like, oh, John works at this company and he went to Gonzaga and you just naturally assume that he or she is going to help you out because they went to Gonzaga. doesn't really work like that. You got to do your homework. You have to be, you know, you send out one message. Nine times out of ten, you probably won't get a communication, back, a return message back. So a common mistake is just to assume that somebody's going to respond back to you just because you say you went to Gonzaga. Um, you, you can't make that assumption. Number two is not being personalized and specific to what you want and how you're relating to that person. Like I said before, I think the Gonzaga plus one is kind of a cool little term that we just coined a little <laughs> on the fly. Yep. Um, kind of like that, not right? Um, I like it too. To make it, yeah, to make it more specific and personalized to that individual you're reaching out to. So keeping it consistent, which, you know, for me, a lot of times um, I wouldn't do that follow-up. Um, and now I do when I want to make sure that people, cause I mean, that's literally like similar. You can almost apply that to like business, um, uh, sales process as well too, is like making sure that you're constantly, um, at the front of the mind of this person you want to speak with, but not too much where it can be annoying. So always do those two things. And I think you, 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 you will go down the right path. If you're like immediately asking for a job, I think that rubs people the wrong way. Another thing is actually, um, I mean, maybe this is a bit like niche, but sometimes my team and I, we all say like social impact at LinkedIn on our profiles and we might have like the same person reach out to all of us (laughs) and like send a message to all of us. And that can be a little bit, frustrating too because um it just 
doesn't feel very intentional, you know? And so I'm less like, if, if my colleague Jordan is like, oh yeah, I got a message from that person too. Like we generally take the approach of like only one person responds because, you know, just for the sake of our time. So I would just say like people should really be thoughtful when they're reaching out. And again, like really save the people that you're reaching out, like to be people that you actually think they have a unique career journey that mirrors what you want to do not just oh they work at like the company you want to work ideally there's like multiple factors that make them interesting to you hopefully us sags feel more empowered to network with professionals moving forward with new tools and processes to keep in mind in order to get the most effective results networking is a huge aspect to business today And it's important to learn from professionals the ins and outs of what successful networking looks like. The Gonzaga Network is strong and thriving all over the world. So knowing how to reach out to other Zags in the best way will continue to foster our insightful and supportive alumni network. Go Zags! Today's episode was produced and edited by Taylor Gemmett. Music courtesy of Music Box Licensing. Download other episodes on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts.